Gonna Go Pizza presents S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, Everybody's here. Uh, Everybody is... uh, I... To call it a stressful weekend, I think, would be a bit of an understatement. And um, I, I think that everybody, in their own way, is, is feeling a bit off, to put it lightly. Um, it's been an unbelievable, um, yet another unbelievable moment uh, in, in potentially the worst and I think some of the best ways that, that any of us have ever seen. I don't believe that in our, life, our lifetimes that we've seen civil strife the way we're seeing it right now. And it's the type that that goes across borders. So the whole stick to sports thing is just such utter crap because sports off in the times when you actually see changes. When you look at the Olympics and the two sprinters who were, you know, held their hands up, you look at Jesse Owens, you look at some of those those incidences where um, sports became, you know, breaking the color barrier, Jackie Robinson, those, those became moments that mainstreamed an idea and moments that they were criticized for at the time and we now look back at it historically significant and correct exactly exactly and so what we're in right now is obviously not that but the response to it from sports is still important and the response to racism specifically in hockey uh which has been a hot button issue for i don't know I mean, really come to the forefront over the last year or so, but especially since the Akeem, uh, Akeem Aliou and uh, Bill Peters incident came to light. Um, and obviously the uh, article which we discussed last week that Akeem Aliou wrote, uh, or was that, la- was that two weeks ago? I can't even tell anymore, I have, honestly. I think it was two weeks ago now. It was two weeks ago now. Yeah. Today's Monday, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. I believe so, like- you know, it's, um, there's no delicate way to put this. This is a extremely tense and stressful time and the reality is it's this way because this stuff that we're dealing with or having to face right now was always sort of there it's just that many of us uh, especially the segment of us that are not people of color never had to deal with it in our normal day-to-day lives and so it didn't really factor in because we just you know, it's either you're ignorant and you just don't know, or you're a part of the problem. And I mean, for sure, growing up, I was for sure the ignorant one, right? I, I didn't, I just don't, and I would still never know what it's like. Um, but you see, you saw the video uh, with George Floyd and, and you saw the reaction from it. And I don't know how you watch a video like that. And I, I mean, I, Honestly, it was. It, it took me several times to get through it, the whole thing, um, because it is such a heartbreaking, heart wrenching thing. And I guess it's where a video I start here is it's a video of a murder. Yes, right. Yeah. That's why. And you're watching someone die, and uh, regardless of whatever proposed crime could have been committed, the reality is both the United States and Canada and many other countries around the world. Uh, believe in your right to a fair trial. And not only was he robbed of that, he was robbed of his life. And that's where, um, that's where, we, where I'd like to start is, is you know, your reactions directly to that when you first saw it. Because for me, and I'll tell you, and I know I've done a lot of talking here, so I'm sorry, guys. Uh, for me, it was like, 
I couldn't, I couldn't fathom that it happened. And then I couldn't have fathom that it happened again. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's, it's almost so unbelievable. It's believable. Does that make sense? I get it. I get it, man. No, my, my first feeling was not again. So I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Jesse? Yeah. I, I know there's so many, there's so many layers to it is where, where we're starting. We're talking about the reaction to the video and, uh, I don't know my, I don't, I don't remember my initial reaction, but to a point I wasn't surprised because this had happened a few, a month earlier with Ahmaud Arbery who was killed in February when he was shot down by two men in a pickup truck who thought he was a robber and he was just jogging down the street. And I, <laughs> I didn't forget that story when I saw George Floyd or I didn't forget Breonna Taylor who was mm-hmm. murdered in March when she was sleeping in her bed and police broke down her door and shot into her apartment 20 times and hit her eight times. Like, so when I see, when I see George Floyd, it's just, they, I'm, I'm happy we have the video because the video has seemed to what sparked the conversation is what made people realize that this is going on. Cause those stories of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and you go back to Trayvon uh, Martin, Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, the, the names are countless. And I'm glad that George Floyd died on video because it, it gave people proof of what's going on. It, it brought people's attention to the situation. So that's kind of all those feelings. So many of a rush of emotions when you see something like that. And when it's been living with you all your life and it's kind of come to a head right now amongst our generation, because we've, we've been here, we've had these conversations, but it's never been really like this for, for us in these times no. for those of us growing up right now. The last, time, of- the last time was probably like this. Sorry, Steve, I'll just give me a second. Last for context is probably the late sixties during the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really, and then everybody said, Oh, okay, we're done. Laws are in. That'll well, undo everything. This, this is, I've had a lot of similar conversations with people our age of um, like, basically I thought this was over. And it's, it's out of ignorance, obviously. Um, but it's really, I think sometimes when you look back at history, you stand in the present and think you're better than it. it you know what I mean? Uh, the moment you're in is better than the moment your parents were in uh, or something like that. And maybe it is, but we obviously have so, so, so much work to do. And this anger didn't drop out of the air right this 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 frustration with the system and uh you know people are they're fighting back in a different way because you force them to you know we tried the kneeling thing we tried this we tried that we tried that you know the why can't you uh protest peacefully no not this way no not this way no not this way no not this way i'm sure nothing will fit that box right yeah i'm sure you've all seen the meme why don't you tell me exactly what you want me to do Okay. And until, until then we're just going to do this. Right. So I, I mean, I don't have the words to say I'm some freaking white guy, like <laughs> who, who cares what I have to but, say and all so, this, but I, sorry, Adam. What? No, no. Well, t- t- along those, those lines, cause I think this is important. Yeah. You are some white guy as am I, but I think it's important that we as two white dudes and Jesse, you, you tell me if I'm off on this one. Um, 
it's important that you do have a voice on this one, not to describe how people feel, but describe what you're going to do about it and how you're going to help end this. Because we can't, we can no longer be just not racist. We have to be. We talked about this. We we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in a completely different context. It's, it's, it's on us. It's on us. Before the show, Steve, you asked me something interesting because you, uh, do you remember specifically what you asked me? It was about posting a lot now. And my response was, uh, Oh yes. So, well, Jesse, as you know, is a very quiet private person generally and cool, but, (laughs) um, you have been posting a lot, um, over the past two, three days. And I've noticed it as your friend and loyal follower. Um, uh, I've noticed it as abnormal. And I know this is obviously something that you're very passionate about. And I'm dying to hear what you have to say. I think that I think, and because I was thinking about that question a little bit after you'd asked me it. And I wanted to just say while we're recording that I think it's, it's to help erase that ignorance because you said just minutes before that you were kind of ignorant to the situation you thought it had kind of passed so i feel like since everybody's listening now since that video came out and there are these movements and these these protests across north america that maybe people will finally start listening to people of color and start learning about the things that are going on in their society so I don't know if I if I can tweet out a book and I get one people to one person to read this book about the racial injustices that are going on in the criminal justice system in America. I feel like that's an effective way to make change because there are people listening right now. Like I I often um, I don't know if you guys know the story of Emmett Till. And here's here's the other messed up part about all this, Jesse. Mm-hmm. I've honestly forgotten which name is which. <laughs> Right, right. I'm ashamed uh, <laughs> of that, but I've honestly forgotten which name is which. Okay, so There's too many. Which long, one is Emmett Till? Long which sounds like an awful question. <laughs> long story here, but uh, Emmett Till is someone who uh, died in the '50s. He was a 14 year old boy. Um, Kanye on Through the Wire, he wrapped. Um, he's wrapped a line about his because he got into a car accident, and he wrapped a line about his face ending up looking like Emmett Till. And then Emmett Till died in the 50s. He was lynched. I'll get to that part of the story. But I remember being, it would have been, I would have been like 11 then, like 2004. And Connie used to use this example in interviews about whenever you talk about racial injustices, you always tell this story about how this kid, he was 14 years old. He walked into a grocery store. He flirted with a 21-year-old white woman. The white woman went to her husband, she told them what happened in that grocery store that day. The husband and I believe their son ended up kidnapping Emmett Till. They lynched him, murdered him. And then a couple month, month later, they go on trial. They uh, are acquitted of all charges. Month later, they admit that they did everything. From, uh, that's in the middle of segregation in the 1950s. From that point on, America, it, kind of, it transitioned to a point where those racial injustices kept perpetuating themselves through the criminal justice system so that whites can enact these uh, racist acts against black people through a court system that won't persecute them for their actions. So you see it enacted nowadays through the acts of police officers and the justice system that won't charge 
white people when they commit racist acts. And that's been going on for, it's, that was 1950, it's 70 years later, and none of that's changed. Like that story of Emmett Till dying and, not, and his, his, um, the criminals who murdered him not being charged could have happened in 2020 when we see someone like, um, I, forget, um, I forget the man who murdered uh, Trayvon Martin, I forget his name. But hit, oh, hit, George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman, George yeah. Zimmerman getting off on murdering a kid who was walking down the street uh, eating a bag of candy. It's the same story, and that's 70 years later. So none of this has changed. And I think it's important to, to tell these stories right now because people are listening. I don't remember, I don't remember when I'd ever get to tell that story uh, in my entire life on this, pot, on this hockey podcast. But I've been, I've been holding on to that story since I was 11, and I learned it. And now and for, we're here. We're here in a moment where people are listening, so it's it's just important to speak out. And that hopefully, now that people are protesting, people are willing to share these stories, that it some change comes of it. Because I don't want I don't want my kids and my kids' kids to be fighting the same fight that they fought for in the 1950s when segregation existed, that they fought for in the 90s when they had the LA riots, that they fought for in Ferguson four years ago when. Michael Brown was murdered. Mm-hmm. Like now, hopefully, this video, George Floyd's death, brings about even more change and enacts just people to act on this situation. And there has to be, there has to be reaction to this. Uh, I feel like it, as sad as it is, it's sort of like the Trayvon Martin situation specifically happened. Outrage no action. And you can, you can take that formula and you can apply that to many other people, unfortunately. But obviously what we've seen in the last six days is a tremendous amount of civil unrest, in some cases looting, um, and, and, but mostly people just protesting. And, um, and then curfews put in. I, I read it. I was on CNN.com last night and it just gave, there was one of the articles was just a list of the cities that have a 9 p.m. curfew. And the list, I had to you know, double scroll with my fingers like several times to get to the bottom of it. Um, Jesse, you said something interesting there because this is so important when we, when we talk about grievance. And I know one of the issues I have in my personal life is that if someone accuses me of something that I don't believe that I've done, before I'll even listen to them, I'll put up a defense. And what that does is it invalidates that person right off the bat, which puts them on a back foot, which puts them in a stance of um, this person isn't listening to me. In this case, it's me. And I'm seeing that in society with people who are like, well, I'm not racist. And so what happens often is that you put your armor up before you actually listen. And it's not that you're necessarily personally racist. It's that we are in a system that is inherently racist. And that we collectively need to do something about it. And it, it exists here in Canada. We have an awful history with racism. Awful, 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 awful. There are so many cases of it. And not small ones either. Um, you know, I think the only reason that ours is maybe perhaps better hidden is because we have less media and less people, but we, it's no less severe. Um, and so I think 
when we, when we, when we talk about listening, Jesse, when we talk about what you say, you, you feel like people are listening. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like the message is getting through right now? Because for me, it's sort of like as an out, as somebody on the outside and, and admittedly, I haven't said much on social media and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I hope they are, but I don't, and I, and I love seeing the protests. I love that. But, but are, are we? Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's, that's the thing Well, only time tells. Like, I don't see it, this being the, I have doubts that this is the change. Like, this is the moment that everything turns because I'm, I'm old enough. I know enough of these stories to know that society just doesn't work that way. We've seen, we've seen ra- racist acts before. We've been through situations where people of color are persecuted and change happens and it doesn't happen fully. Like this is, this is an overhaul, like you said, of an entire system, of an entire country that's run this way. Like the prison system is basically a pro, pro, for-profit organization. Like that's, that's not something that, that changes with one conviction. If, if George Floyd's murderer it go, ends up in jail for the rest of his life, that doesn't change the rest of society. This is something that takes time and it's like when you're uh, when you're starting a new diet. They tell you you can't just you can't do it for a day. You can't do it for a month. It has to be a complete overhaul of how you live your life. And what we need here is a complete overhaul of the system because the system right now is created to persecute people of color. So unless, but I'm hopeful that this leads down the line of an everyday struggle of change coming about. You need a, I think this is a half quote of Obama, but he said, you need a consensus to enact change. So Mm -hmm. you got to create the consensus among society that this system is racist and that it needs to be changed. So once that consensus is created, then you start getting the majority of people to enact a new life for everyone, for humans. And and, And the issue that comes up and this is something that I alluded to before, is that people who are non-racist don't consider themselves racist, don't act like racist, aren't racist, go, but it's not racist, I'm not racist. And that, again, is got to be the part that for you, if you're listening to this and you're going, I, I, wait a second, that's, I'm not racist. It's not about being a non-racist because that is obviously not enough. There has to be an anti-racist in you. There has to be a, I'm going to do something about this, however big or small. And it doesn't have to be like, listen, you know, we lean on you, Jesse, heavily on this one because your perspective matters on this. But one of the things that we, we discussed this morning when we were doing the, the morning show is you can't lean on people of color to just explain their problems to you. You said something so important. You said black people aren't an encyclopedia for racism. Right. Yeah, if you want to continue, like you said that, and I, it just, it clicked, you know, it's, it's true. You need, educate yourself. Like I, if, if you're a person, you're sitting there, you're saying, I'm not racist. So what's the problem? No. Well, so the society around you is, has problems. And I hope that this event, you see that and that you see these racial injustices and that, and that helps you to create change. Now, Jesse, on, on that point, and Steve, I know you want to jump in. Just give me one sure. sec. <laughs> Jesse okay. had last night, and I retweeted this a great thread on some books, including The New Jim Crow, which I highly recommend anybody read. Um, 
it's, uh, you had great books that people can, can read. And a lot of those are available. If you're like me and like, I'm a little dyslexic. Um, so I flip sentences. It takes me forever to read a book. That's why I listen to all my books. Um, like audiobook this stuff. Um, and it's, it's like you're listening to a podcast, basically just a podcast with great information and you will slowly be able to, as that book, that one, especially as you go through chapter by chapter, it unwraps like an onion, the layers and layers and layers and the history and the context. And I think, you know, if you go to Jesse's Twitter page, it's up there right now, check out some of the books that you posted yesterday. Uh, but for me specifically, that one, uh, is probably one of the, one of the, uh, biggest reads I've ever had in my life and, and, uh, biggest game changers personally. And it's important that, you know, we, if we want to participate in this and be allies, we have got to do the education on our own. We can't expect every person in our life who's a person of color to just explain every little nuance in this. It is on us as well. And it is on the athletes and the people that we look up to the people that we follow. Um, and Steve, you were going to say something before I keep going, go ahead. Uh, oh, I think, I think the reason some people maybe feel attacked, you know, when you say, you know, like you are a byproduct of a racist system or you're not doing enough, uh, to, to, you know, denounce racism or whatever is in a lot of our media that we grew up with. And especially like a lot of the stuff we watched in school, we see, um, we see like a far end of the spectrum level of racism in the movies and television shows we watch. Like super outward guy. Super outward. White cakes ta- and stuff. Tattoo on the forehead, wearing hoods, screaming, foaming at the mouth. Um, but I thought what was so masterful about, uh, especially the first half of uh, Get Out, is just the subtlety. The subtlety in the things the white people were saying that were designed to make you feel uncomfortable in the movie, but are actual things said in real life that make black people uncomfortable every day. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that movie happened to be created by a black director and writer. Mm -hmm. Right. So there was a tweet last night. How old were you? And, And this I think illustrates the full system. How old were you when you had your first black teacher? And Adam's thinking about it right now. And we grew up in the same neighborhood, but went to different schools for mm-hmm. most of our childhood. I was thinking about it. I was like, grade five? No, no. Uh, grade nine is my answer. Grade nine, high school. And we grew up in Scarborough, man. Like, art, and like I grew up with all sorts of friends of color. And the schools we went to, the teachers that taught us, did not represent the neighborhood that we grew up in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And part of that was changing demographics, right? We grew up in Scarborough at a time when there was an enormous influx of different cultures all at the same time, which, um, you know, Toronto, just for anybody that doesn't know, was a very, very white city up until about the 1970s. Um, and then you had massive immigra- immigration, especially from uh, East Asia, and, uh, and from India and, and from uh, uh, Iran and the Middle East. Um, so part of that is the, the, the older generation aging out. But it's still, a, it remains a point of a big, gigantic hole in our nation. I mean, my first, uh, I had a, um, 
Mrs. Gopi. Uh, she was our, uh, she's from India and she was the teacher that put me in reading recovery. Uh, so I was in grade one and I couldn't read properly because the uh, school that I had gone to in Inner Scarborough didn't teach reading in uh, kindergarten. And the school that I went to when I moved to, uh, you know, to Steve and I's old neighborhood did. So I had to catch up and she was the first person of color to ever teach me. Um, but, you know, it was, it's after that, it's like white, 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 right up until high school too. And, um, you know, beyond that, I think there has to be at a certain point in your life, you have to take a step back and go, what am I going to stand for? And I'm going to make mistakes along the way. Um, everybody yeah. is, there's no perfection in this. Um, but I've been looking to, um, the people that genuinely matter and their reactions on these sorts of things. And what I mean by genuinely matter is when you look at athletes and I'm not asking for perfection here, but you look at athletes, we have the NHL that is extremely quiet on or has been extremely quiet on matters such as these. Um, obviously they've had their discussions with the key Maliu, um, and, and Akeem to his, uh, you know, to his credit, you know, he, he has somehow found a way to go, yeah, I'll work with you. Right. Like I, you know, I don't know how, um, I don't, I don't know how you're not angry all the time based on what he went through. I just don't know. I don't know. Um, personally, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like you read a story, you're like, how are you not just fucking mad? And he holds them to account. Like like this isn't, this isn't a, uh, you know, skip down the streets, holding hands relationship uh, yeah. between him and the NHL. And a lot of people dismissed him and all oh, you're just some bitter guy who didn't make it. And now Evander Kane has fully thrown his hat into the ring. Um, I saw him on with, uh, I saw him on with Max Kellerman. Right. Evander Kane? Yeah, that was wow. surreal. That was yeah, surreal. Yeah, it was. A hockey yeah, getting a hockey player on ESPN? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Shocking. Yes, it was, uh, yeah, it was surreal. I'm like, man, I really do cheer for a pissant sport, whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he got in there um, and he took it upon himself. And I just want to know, every, you know, everyone who had something to say about Akeem Aliou, uh, what do you got to say now? And what, what is it this time? And then when the next person steps up, what is it going to be then? And then what is it going to be then? And then what is it going to be then? Mm-hmm. I think on this show, we're mostly not talking to those people, though. Mostly. 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 I, we do so our I think, I think what I think 99.9% of the people that are listening to this are thoughtful, well-meaning people. And, you know, maybe, and, and as I have, maybe have some things to learn, as I do, um, sure. and, <laughs> some, and some actions that could change. But that's the thing is that you're open to doing it. And listening, again, is the key. And so when we talk about, though, I want to get into this because this is important. We've heard from Evander Kane. Uh, Logan Couture came out and backed up Evander Kane. We've heard from Austin Matthews. We've heard from, um, who else have we heard from? There's like a whole list. Anzi Kopitar. Anzi Kopitar. Um, well, and then, and then another thing we were talking about before the show is there's degrees of messages, right? right. So there's someone who... You know, the Islanders had a really piss poor message. Maybe we'll get to that later that a lot of people really didn't like. Um, And then their captain, Anders Lee, comes out 
and he will just talk about it now. Read the Islander statement. You uh, have it? Well, uh, no, I don't. I have Anders Lee's. Okay. Well, Here, I'll pull you, the Islanders. Can one. you pull it up and read it? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Let me get I it. haven't read this fully. Uh, okay, so let me hear it. Um, so the Islanders retweeted Anders Lee, which is good. So here's and, and let me let me. I want I want to know your reaction to this, guys. So. Uh, the Islanders said, we condemn racism and injustice and stand with all affected by senseless violence. We must come together, treating each other with empathy, dignity, and respect. The New York Islanders endorsed the NHL statement, which includes, in our sport, we will continue to do better and work diligently toward a culture change throughout hockey and endeavor to be mindful of our own shortcomings in this process. To the brave officers who go to work every day, seeing the human being and not the color of one's skin, we thank you for protecting us. I think... That just to highlight the last line, it's I think that's a hey, Islanders, read the room kind of line, you know? It's just time and place. Mm-hmm. Probably probably could have left it out. Like I understand the sentiment, but it's kind of not what it's about right now. It's about yeah. what you said about that. Oh that's it right there. I'll that's I'll it. say something. Yes. I'll, I'll say something that I've been battling with over the past few days. And, you know, a couple of my best friends are cops, you know, it's, and I've been thinking about, you know, like I, like I contributed money to the, the Brooklyn bail fund. And, and I was like, you know, what I wonder what they would say to me after that, or maybe seeing some of the things they said. And I'm like, you know what, they can take it up with me. Um, but you know, one one of my best friends, uh, you know, is with the Toronto Police, and an, and one of my oldest friends uh, is also with the Toronto Police, and he's black, and he's the child of immigrants. You know what I mean? So he's, I don't even know what he's thinking right now, and he's probably getting it from both ends and getting screamed at by God knows how many people. So it's it's been really conflicting knowing exactly how to feel and what to say and all this i think on that end i think everybody knows that not all police are bad like i think we know that i think that's abundantly clear and that's that's the the issue that i have with the islander statement is we fucking know man of course but listen that's their job they signed up for that we're talking about the incidences where this gets out of control and it's happening time and time and time again. We're not talking about the good cops. We're talking about the ones that have multiple issues on record. Did you see Mo- the- that? That should never yes. have been police in the first place that have aggression issues. This guy, Derek Chauvin, had 18 complaints. A wild amount of complaints. 18 man. complaints. You know, three or four over the course of a, uh, of a cop's life, I, I bet. I bet you get three or four complaints minimum. But are you kidding? 18 complaints? The guy's not an old man. This isn't a guy who's been on the force for 40 years. So he has, he's basically getting more than averaging one or more complaints a year. And this is the issue that we're, we're, we're talking about. So, so for, for me, when I read the Islander statement, it's, it's, yeah, man, duh. But the point here is not that. It's, and, and that's the problem is that the, the NHL so often tries to, well, we don't want to, we don't want to offend anyone, so we're not going to help anyone. And is it, is, that's really is the NHL mandated to do friggin' nothing. Well, that's that one particular team. And the problem that I had with that statement as well, and Jesse, you can 
tell me if, if I'm crazy here, is they, you condemn racism. Well, fucking good for you. You know what I have to say? MLSE came out and said, this, what happened with George Floyd, I don't have the actual statement in front of me, but what happened with George Floyd, they said it with, with TFC, with the Raptors, and with the Leafs, and then you had Masai Ujiri write a beautiful letter about this. They mm-hmm. addressed the issue specifically. At what point can we just say, I know you're all a bunch of corporate entities and your brands and whatever, but just fucking say it like it is. And they called it a murder too. It's Leafs a murder. To it it is a murder. To it. It's the bare minimum. Oh, right? you condemn racism. Good for you. You just you want to shake the Islanders and tell them, hey, the conversation isn't about that right now. We're talking right. about one specific issue because of one specific incident. We're talking about injustices to the black community because of this George Floyd video that went viral. That's, this is what we're talking about here. And we understand that there is good in the world. You don't, yes. you don't need to highlight the cops here. It's not, it's not what we're talking about. So for them to throw that in there, it's just, it's tone deaf. Now, can I read you Anders Lee's statement? Yeah. Uh, sure, unless you want me to do it. I got to hear whatever. Sure, go ahead. Past week, I've been trying to find the right words to say, what to say, and how to say it. But it's time to say how I feel the best way I can. I will never fully understand because I'm because of the color of my skin, but I have the opportunity to make a difference. I stand for anti-racism. I stand for the rights of black people in America so we can all be equal. I stand alongside the black community through this difficult time and in the future. I stand for justice, uh, stand for the justice of George Floyd and the countless others who have been killed by racism. Black Lives Matter. Addressed it specifically. It's beautiful. Yeah. They have a leader on the ice, at least. You can't ask for anything more at a statement. You know, now now take this statement off offline and contribute to the rest of the contribute to the community at large, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, as a statement, that's perfect from Andersley. Did you see as long as we're reading statements, um how about uh did you get in weeks? No, I didn't see it. So Kevin Weeks, you know, unfortunately is a guy we've referenced specifically on this show. Um, you know, I've talked to him about it before and here's another guy from Scarborough and every time something bad happens to a black hockey player, he gets a phone call mm-hmm. and then he's got to do this work. And it's a, it's a miserable way to be. So someone, I don't, I don't know exactly the context of what he said, but someone basically told him, be better or whatever so kevin just decided to go off he said you barked up the wrong tree let me start by highlighting both your ignorance and arrogance the day you have bananas thrown at you on the ice the day your family and loved ones have to hear people scream racial epithets uh while watching you play the day you have to worry about some media intentionally calling you a wrong name when they know your legal name the day you had to answer to why did you just not play basketball the day you have to worry about you and your family being legally harassed the day you have to feel fearful of a police officer in either canada or the u.s the day you have to explain and prove to officers that you didn't steal your car the day you uh, you and your parents are belittled by authorities at the airport the day your mom gets belittled at the grocery store the day cr- uh, crooked legal systems exploit you financially the day you finance hockey camps at Malvern and Ice Sports Scarborough that help produce 12 NHL players and give countless others access to the great sport of hockey. 
the day you are a fellow NHL ambassador, the day you support numerous initiatives in Barbados, Canada, and the United States, the day someone, you, feels arrogant enough and uh, privileged enough to tell you how to feel in response to an attack with your racial community, then and only then can you tell me how to be better. Until then, commit to being part of the solution as opposed to perpetuating the problem. Hmm. I don't know. I just, I can't imagine the, just the frustration in Kevin Weeks, man. Just the, He's not a young man, you know, and I hope Kevin wouldn't get offended by me saying that, but he's seen some shit. Yeah. He's seen some shit. And I think it takes some real balls, some real arrogance to say that to him of all people. And I don't know. I, it's refreshing to hear him go off. You know, why does he have to be nice about this? I think he's definitely earned the right not to be. Well, it was a lot nicer than the guy deserved. Probably. Probably. I don't know. And for anyone, I don't know. I'm always, I don't know why I cater to the 0.5% of people who listen, but um, you know, this isn't your escape today. Um, What what do you want us to talk about? The games last night? Shut up. Like (laughs) there's, I don't need, don't justify it. No, I know. It's it's an extremely, (laughs) it's an extremely significant moment in our life. Um, And you will look back on this and you will feel, bad that you you will either feel bad that you didn't spend the time to learn anything about it or to listen to anything regarding it uh or you'll grow or you won't and you'll be as irrelevant as as your opinion is now right those opinions are just not relevant anymore and you can you can um I, i i'm gonna drop this in about 30 seconds um your opinion is dated irrelevant and frankly doesn't make any sense so uh, the reality is get on board because this is what's happening. If you have enough people speaking out on this, maybe you should listen. And again, it comes back to listening. Yeah. And if you can't do that now, you'll never do that. And you will be in your regressive state the rest of your life. And there's nobody that can help you. So, and I'm, I'm not going to try to start here. So that's, that's where we leave that point. Yeah. 1% of the people listening yeah. to this show. I'm leaving them there. I have no interest. I'm not going to engage. I don't care. Let's not distract from exactly exactly find the voices that you're right. right. So the NHL put out a statement, and I know that the Islanders referenced it, but let me just pull it up anyway because I think it's important to start or at least get to that statement because you know they are the league, they are the brand. Um, Now they've uh, retweeted a bunch since. But the NHL statement seemed to be the most powerful one they've done yet. And I don't know if, I mean, I don't know how to, how to process it, only because sometimes you feel like we should have had this already. Do you know what I'm saying? And I can't find the statement to save my life right now. I thought you read part of it with the Islanders there. I did. I did. Um, now, I guess in some senses, it's better late than never. And it seemed to me they're most pointed and direct. Um, I have the leaf statement here. Um, and what I can tell you about that is, and here's, here's what the, um, here's what the, uh, uh, the shark said. Uh, There's no room for racism in society. We applaud Evander for his rational and thoughtful response to the recent terrible tragedy. Events like this occur way too often. We must find a way to do better. That's from the owner 
of the Sharks. Um, <clears throat> I have the NHL statement here. If you can like you read it. it? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. As thank protests you. in both the United States and Canada in recent days have focused attention upon racial justice for the black community. The NHL stands with all those who are working to achieve a racially just society and against all those who perpetuate and uphold racism, hatred, bigotry, and violence. We share the sentiments expressed by our players and clubs in their calls for justice. And we encourage everyone to use their platforms and privilege for systemic change. In our own sport, we will continue to do better and work diligently toward culture change throughout hockey and endeavor to be mindful of our own shortcomings in this process. The NHL stands with all those who are working to achieve a racially just society and against all those who perpetuate and uphold racism, hatred, bigotry, and violence. There you go. Thoughts? They said it. It's perfect. You can't, you can't ask for anything more out of a statement. I think a lot of these, these statements that are coming out from the NHL players and players across sports are very poignant. And then now it's time for action. Now let me read it's you, time to enact the change. Let me read you one that I'm really disappointed with. The Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild are deeply saddened. Sorry, they wrote the Minnesota Wild is deeply saddened. So that's already a little effort would be good. Uh, the Minnesota Wild is deeply saddened by the death of George Floyd on Monday night. Everyone in our community deserves the right to feel safe and protected. These times call for our community to come together and not be divisive. Our hearts and prayers go out to the family and friends of George Floyd. Now, I have to tell you, I don't know if there's a divide on this. He was killed on camera. What's there to be divided about? Like, you know, the, the, the law and or, like, that's where the left and the right can come together. Law and order. Everybody wants law and order. Well, that was breached, man. And so I, I don't know, this call for unity, I mean, really? This, I don't know how you could be, and I, I know there is disunity, but are we kidding? This is a man who, like, again, we just, there is the, the, the NHL, and this is where I think the NHL really loses me on the PR. How is league front office not calling every team and going, guys, we need to discuss this and how this is going to be talked about and, and how each statement from every team really matters here. It matters on a social level and it matters on a branding perspective, frankly. Like if you get down to the nuts and bolts, this matters to the brand of hockey, specifically the NHL. And the, these disjointed, weak statements from a lot of teams are sort of and, – and here's, where, here's a good one. L.A., the LA Kings are united against racism and all acts of hatred towards others. Our voice is here to support the black community and condemn these injustices. Now is the time to raise the volume peacefully. Enough racism, enough senseless violence, enough. Now, I would have liked them to, to address the issue specifically on that, but at least they're like enough. They're sure. not saying don't be divisive. Yeah, when you contrast that with statements where they acknowledge that someone was murdered, that they acknowledge that hey, we need to enact change here. And you, then you read something like that from the Islanders or the Minnesota Wild. It, you, all you're left with is disappointment and anger. You know, because you want, you want these big corporations, these big teams, these billion-dollar industries to, to help. 
<laughs> that's all that's all these communities are asking for is just hey listen to us help us enact this change here and they're not doing that and it's it's so disappointing to see that from a game we love here uh here's another really disappointing one uh the following is a statement from the boston bruins they didn't make a statement they didn't put anything they haven't tweeted in 21 hours at the time that i'm doing this the last thing was they advertised a Zdeno Chara at 1000 documentary on Nesson. Contrast that with Ines Cantor actually, you know, making a speech in, in front of people at a protest. Like, holy shit, the NHL is so far behind. And a lot of people have called on Crosby and McDavid to yep. make statements as well, which they haven't done as of this recording. I don't know. Should we talk about that? Because we've briefly, we've, yeah. bri- we've talked about that in the past when the Penguins went to the White House. I don't remember if it was 16 or 17. We talked about that with Ron McLean. We had that conversation. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was yeah. a long time ago. That was ago. in the fan stu- the backup fan studio. That's right. And, yeah. and people get, people, the, Jesse, that used to be the fan main studio. I brought Bob McCallum his coffee there. Teeny tiny. This <laughs> yeah, it's very small. Um, and Mike Toth is chocolate muffins. But uh, that, um, People got mad about that. I got a picture with him right there. Sidney Crosby, a lot of people are very protective of him. By all accounts, off the ice, generous with his time, kind, etc., etc., etc. But he is Sidney Crosby. And it sounds like he's being signaled, uh, singled out, and he is, because of who he is. He's Sidney Crosby. His words, especially after having such a generally silent career, you know what I mean? Hey, man, some guys are just quiet. Some guys are just private. I know. So imagine the impact his words would have. If he has trouble coming up with the words himself, he could easily have someone, have a group of people help him out. He could hire an entire focus group. Right. Yeah. He's Sidney Crosby. He could easily do it. McDavid's in that group too. Um, I'm oh, glad McDavid's Austin... at the forefront of that group. Yep. Not just in the group. He's at the forefront. Ovechkin too. He... And, and this you is talk the about a complicated figure in the NHL. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I understand that he just had a baby and I, I get it. However, and, it, and listen, I don't want to be a hypocrite here, but I, and I'm, listen, I'm not a generational hockey player, not a generational <laughs> broadcaster. I'm just a guy. Have some following. And so I want to present a different perspective and not necessarily that it applies to Crosby and McDavid and Ovechkin, but I haven't said anything personally. Uh, I wanted to wait for this show. Um, that was number one because I don't feel like you can properly, um, even with Virgin Radio, you have to be very bite-sized, right? Twitter, Facebook, it, you know, where I work at Virgin, you have to be very bite-sized. Here we can go deep. At least you had, you had a date. Right, yeah. And, and for me, and I was trying to explain this to you guys before the show, and I'm not sure if I did a good job, and I don't even know if this is the right or the wrong thing. I felt like I had nothing to say that was going to push this conversation forward. I felt like I had nothing to say that you didn't already know. And so what I've done is tweeted people who I thought had great things to say, and I've sat back, and I've watched – read, I've listened, and I want to know 
because I don't know the answer to this question. Is it, does it behoove me with my tiny following to put something out there anyway? Is that the, should I be doing that? Am I, um, am I doing my own statements a disservice by not doing that? Um, and, or, you know, it, here's the thing. I've, I haven't, I've tried to come up with things, but then I felt uncomfortable with them. Not because I don't believe the statement, but I felt like, I, I just felt like it was just going to be more noise and I didn't want to come across as inauthentic. That's why. Because I've seen a lot of people feel like I've got to say something because everybody else is saying something. And it's like, well, wait a second. Hold on. It's come out really stupid. Why not just say the best? Why not retweet the, best, the, best, the opinions that you like and that you see and amplify those? That's how I've used my platform. Rather than coming out with a statement like saying, see, I can say it too. Because I don't think anything I would have to say is going to further this conversation. I do think I follow people that do. What do you think? I, I think there are many different ways you can act in this situation. It's about acting in, in, in the best ways that you can. I feel like even if, let's say, you want to put out a, a statement, it's like, okay, you can put out this statement or you can, or your statement can get lost in this whole sea of statements, right? Maybe your efforts are better spent learning and then acting on your knowledge. This, is, this, this isn't about just putting out these statements and then, okay, I tweeted this thing and then it's all good. It's more about enacting real change in society, which is a lot harder than putting out a statement. So I feel like, I feel like your, act, your, your feelings are justified in that so much more can be done because actions speak louder than words or a notes app on your phone. If, if actions are being, are being taken, if, you, if you're sitting there just as a person being like, okay, how do I help? You can help in many different ways. It's, if you want to help in supporting the black community, that's how you, that's how you can help. If you want to help by going out to a protest and protesting peacefully, that's how you can help. If you want to help by just throwing money at the problem, hey, that helps too. There are so many different ways and I don't want, I don't want people to feel pressure to, to do one specific thing, but just do something. So when we apply that to Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Alexander Ovechkin, those are just the three names, but you can, the list goes on. And I know, you know, Matthews has made a statement and we said, you know, many other stars have. Is it different? It a hundred percent. Okay. Those are tell people, me why. Those are people who can change with their words. The average person most like the average person, if they're like, Hey, I want to tweet out something. And I think that's, that's my role in this thing. I'm going to tweet. No, nobody's listening to your 20 followers. I'm sorry. If, if, if you're not affecting anyone in real life, then that doesn't, then that's, Acting that's on the it, right? same as doing nothing. Tweeting to no one is the same as doing nothing and sitting on your couch. So, but if Sidney Crosby stands up and he makes a stance as no hockey player in his position has ever really done, that's significant. That's historic based on in like a hockey level, like an NBA player saying something. Okay. That means something. They, they take it to the next level where they're at the, where they're at the protests themselves, where they're always churning out this information. They're wearing the t-shirts. They're supporting everything in every way. Cause they come from these communities, but Sidney Crosby who comes from outside of it needs to help from that outside view. He's a person who, who's on the other side of this, the other side of people who aren't oppressed. So his, his words mean something in that respect.
And, and, you, and, and you'd like to see somebody with that, with the amount of resources he has just based on what he's achieved in life, help marginalized people, especially in this time where it seems like, okay, the people who have been marginalized have a voice right now and people are listening to their voices. Hey, maybe you can reach out and help. There are, um, like there, there are stories I've heard of like Crosby actually helping marginalized communities, like putting his money where his mouth is. But it's like he said, the, the words would mean a lot at this point and it would catch a lot of people off guard. And it would also cause a lot of people to stand up. Mm-hmm. It would cause a lot of people to, once he says it, it gets everyone's attention. And then, you know, even if we only see a smattering of, you know, a few players from each team around the NHL, it would be a lot more. They carry influence. If someone's got a poster of you in their room, you have influence. Right. Well, and there's players who are, are now in the league that grew up with posters of Crosby on their wall. And, yeah. And that guy's been in the league since 2005. If you see, and, and this is more him than McDavid because he's been around for such a while, a long time now by NHL standards. If you see Sidney Crosby come up with a statement like that, my expectation is that you get a windfall of others following suit because he is a leader in the league. And um, leaders in the league in the past have remained silent. And I, I have to say, people talk about how Sidney Crosby you know, may not have experience with this, may not know what to say. I'm sorry, if you know anything about Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, you know that there's significant racial tension there. Cole Harbor High is known for it. It's known for having marginalized communities in the past. And, and, and Halifax has a very sordid history with how it's treated its black community. Awful. Removed an entire neighborhood to just put a highway through just because. Do you guys know that story? No, I've never, no. I've never yeah. heard of this. So wow. there was a significant black population. There still is. This and is in Coal Harbor specifically? Not Coal Harbor. So, oh. so here's, so. Coal Harbor's like, Harbor's I don't know the story. Okay. Yeah. Coal Harbor. So, so, and I believe, and, and forgive me, my history's a bit spotted, but basically there was a neighborhood in Halifax and it's near where one of the bridges is now. I think it's the McDonald. And they wanted to build a highway underneath that so you could get out to Clayton Park and Bedford, which are two neighborhoods. I lived in Clayton Park. My friends grew up in Bedford. Um, uh, and, uh, basically they uprooted in, I think the fifties, um, an entire neighborhood of like thousands of people, predominantly black neighborhood, of course, and said, well, we're building the highway, get out. And that's what they did. They just moved them. And with Cole Harbor, no real connection there, but Halifax has its own issues with that. And Cole Harbor, when I was there, and it still is the case to this day, there are many, many lingering issues there that have to deal with just this. So it's not as though, listen, you can grow up and be somewhat oblivious, but to say that Sidney Crosby wouldn't know that it existed, I'm sorry, based on, just based on where he grew up, that's just patently not true. And uh, he may have been shielded from it. He may be ignorant to it. I grew up in Scarborough in a mixed race community. I was ignorant to things. Absolutely. So I get that, but there is, at a certain point, if you want to be a leader, a great leader, you need to acknowledge things that are hard. LeBron James has never backed down from this, and you can say what you want about LeBron James being the greatest of all time or whatever. 
This guy's the best basketball player in the league and has been for 15 years. But he's used that. I mean, he, I, where I really respect LeBron James is he's gone above and beyond where Michael Jordan ever did. You know, people talk about uh, Michael being the greatest player of all time, and that might be true. And Michael did what he wanted to do, and he, he has his own ways of dealing with these things. But I would say in this era, you need a LeBron James to come out and say the things that he's saying mm-hmm. and be a part of this. And he has. I mean, you see, um, you remember those, picture, those uh, shirts that they wore on the pregame that said, I can't breathe. And then he reposted that picture again from warm-up and said, I can't breathe again. It's the same shit. And there's no compunction from him. There's no hold back. It's, it's just, I'm going to do this because it's the right thing. The NHL players now need to. It can't just be an NHLPA statement. It can't be uh, a brand that's like a cat or a leaf or a, a flaming sea or whatever it is that your brand is. The players. Peoples who, who, who have jerseys with their names on the back have to come out and say these things. And I'm not expecting perfection. You know, that's for the PR departments of the NHL teams. That's where you're supposed to get it right. But an acknowledgement would be fantastic. And it's got to be more than just Sidney Crosby or, or Ovechkin or, or McDavid standing at their locker or sitting at their locker with their baseball cap going on, yeah, you know, it sucks. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be. It should be. It needs to be. And I sincerely hope that although there is no perfect way to say how this may have affected any of them, I sincerely hope we see something, anything from them. And I think we will. I, believe, I personally have hope that we will. I think that this is a, water, a watershed moment. Whether or not this creates the change instantly, which I don't think it will, because change doesn't come instantly. There's more of that consensus that you were talking about earlier, Jesse, building that Barack Obama was talking about. And something, anything, to me, feels like better than whatever the heck they've done. They've had six days. What do we say now? What do we do about this? I think, I think people would lose their minds in a, in a positive way if, like, any of the players we just mentioned literally, literally tweeted three words, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, like, we, we can't even get that. So, again, we're not, we're not saying anyone's a bad person, but when you have influence – like, has anyone on the wall behind me tweeted anything <laughs> or, no. or said a, a statement? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do, like, imagine Wayne Gretzky just randomly comes out and says something. Or who we got? Brady great Wayne Gretzky. Cam Neely. We got, came out and said, this is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. You know, Phil Esposito, I'll hold my breath. We, we got Jordan Everly. Yeah. We got Steve yeah. Eisenman. You know, Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Patrice Bergeron. Chris Pronger. Brent Burns. Aaron Ekblad. P.K. Subban has said something. So there's one. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Gianta, Mark Shifley. Yeah, yeah. Can you guys see any others? Bob Stop Clark, bragging Clark, about your stuff. dolls, Steve. Listen, yeah. I like my dolls. We get it. But, you interview NHL players. Oh, uh, I, hey, I worked for Nike one time. Uh, <laughs> went to the Olympics. Oh. Yeah, I stole a couch. <laughs> hey, hey, it was our couch. It was our couch. Mm. Gosh darn it. No, like, yeah, you, you understand what I'm saying. So these, like, these voices matter because yes. I, if – if you don't realize the enormity of what's going on, then you're ignorant to the issues. And these, these voices matter because every voice matters in this mm-hmm. point. And they're, they're such large figures. They, they can help. That's the thing. We're asking people who can help just to help. 
So yeah. if your dolls don't want to talk, Steve, then <laughs> very disappointing. No, and and like another, uh, you know, we we keep bringing up the guy Crosby. You know, well, like what can Sidney Crosby, unless he does something illegal, get in trouble? That is a fabulously rich, so it's, fabulously it's, talented, he, grown he can't adult get in man. Trouble for standing up for black people. Like yes, not, exactly. Can't, can't get Correct. In trouble for that. What is like? What's the? Fear? There's nothing you know to lose. <laughs> yeah. No, like, what? Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, I'm oh. telling you, three words. Three words. Anyway. And none of us is suggesting be amazing. That, these, that these people, as people, if we knew them as human beings rather than just the guy on TV, that they wouldn't be- agree with everything we say. We just don't know. It'd be nice if they said something. I mean, we've spent years on this podcast talking about this stuff, mm-hmm. and we'll continue to. Um, this is a part of life right now. And this is a part of life every day for some segments of our listenership. And it's important. And it, and it goes into sports. It gets into sports, as we've talked about many times before. But the, the reality is, until you speak up in some manner, be it a podcast, a tweet, a notes app, anything, it's hard for people to know. And, it's, and it, it, it's, I can understand how people feel when the best players in the game just will not stand up for anything other than, you know, I just want to play hockey. I can understand there's, there can be a detachment there. I can understand that people feel a little on the outside. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's no more sticks to sports anymore. Like, no. <laughs> and they're never fucking what? They're never what? a shit. Yeah. All the way through, you don't know anything about sports yeah. if you say that. You just don't. You don't understand. I- I am lazy. Has been the culture. same number of words. Just say I am lazy. Yeah, I'm lazy and I don't sports. want to learn. I am lazy. Yeah, sorry, Will Jesse, what learn. were you saying? Oh, sorry. I was just saying sports has been culture. Culture has been sports for it's 60 years now. Like, get over it. Since Muhammad Ali yeah. set up for racial injustice. He, I, 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 saw, I, I saw a tweet. It was, here's a picture uh, from the protest last night. Just kidding. This is when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? No right. one was like, hey, stick to sports. The other thing, uh, the other thing is the, um, <laughs> I saw a tweet about um, all the pictures of, and more than just the Eagles, like uh, uh, there was pictures, this one featured several riots and it wasn't, it was like um, a couple football games Montreal was involved in one of them because they've had riots over like Metallica and Guns N' Roses concerts. Uh, Vancouver had a riot, obviously, after they lost the Stanley Cup. Um, there was know- one from an NCAA regular season game where they just, a game? just upset the other team. <laughs> one, and and they like- lit a bunch of cars on fire. <laughs> And then I, they're like, I saw this thread too. It was very- and then they're like, wait, but, but don't protest violently. <laughs> at, like, the, at the riots are cool, Raptors though. parade last year, I was outside on Young Street and people were jumping on the, the street signs and destroying a bus that was put there to block people. Like, and on Saturday, everything was very peaceful and no buses were destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been worse, people. You can, you can buy a new Target you can buy a new bus. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't buy back the life of George Floyd. Wait, were you out the other day? I was not on Saturday, no. no. I saw Faisal was. Mm-hmm. At Christy Pitts? Mm-hmm. Was it Christy the, Pitts? I didn't know. Uh, that's where it started. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it started. Um, you know, the, uh, um, the long and short of it is, 
the it, it was nice to see certain teams jump out and 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 make the statements that they made. The NBA always does a better job with this uh, than anybody else because I think it inordinately affects its superstars. And I think the superstars in the NA, in the NBA have a significant hold on where that brand goes and what they do. And they also think they, I think Adam Silver is a forward thinking person. You know, I think if, if we get into football where they have non-guaranteed guaranteed contracts, people are freaked out because they might lose money if they do this. Look at what happened to Colin Kaepernick, right? Um, and they have sort of a regressive management group and ownership. Um, the NHL has guaranteed contracts, man. No one's cutting you for giving your opinion. So where are you on this? And um, it's nice to see some, but to say that I've been overwhelmed by uh, the response to this from the players specifically is, is it's just not, it's just not there. And I'm happy that I have to tell you, I'm, I'm certainly happy um, that, MLSE has the people in charge that it does right now with the Raptors, with the Leafs, with TFC, uh, because I don't believe uh, previous regimes, shall we say, would have uh, handled this as well as they have. And I know it's a corporate entity, but it's a representation of the values of the company that, that, that you know, a bunch of people work at. It's nice. At the end of the day, corporations are ran by people. And yeah. the people are in it are what are the identity of the corporation. Yes, and, and that's like part of the Masai, culture. And someone like Masai being at the top of that is so pleasing to see. Yeah. God, I yep. hope he never leaves. Please stay. Uh, Masai might be president one day, man. Like, you know, <laughs> he, he like, but like, you know what I mean? Like, if he oh, leaves, it's, it'll yeah. be because he's like gone to the UN. Like, it's just, he's oh. one of those people. He's just, I've met Masai a couple times. Have you? Yes. I'm I met him. Jealous. I interviewed him. Uh, Breakfast television. Fantastic interview. And I was at his, he had a film, um, and I was at the release of that, um, and was at the after party for that. And uh, not only is a gentleman, but one of the, you know, you know you're in the presence of someone special. You just well, Adam, we get it. <laughs> no, you famous don't. people, we get it. <laughs> Where's my Masai doll? <laughs> I don't Yo, have my Masai doll. If I'm they sold him. Masai dolls, I would get you one. Just, just him with like, with like a, a suit and tie on and a basketball. Think fuck, fuck Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to have batteries that say "fuck Brooklyn" on it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <sighs> anyway, uh, we say all that to say this. Um, all of this is happening because people are asking to be treated decently. They're just asking you to treat them the same way you want to be treated. And it's crazy We're, that we have to take it to this level for it to happen. Yeah, it's not even, uh, please be polite to me. It's please do not murder me. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. We're, ask, right. Yeah. we're asking for the black community to be treated equally. That's Bingo. It. Yes. So... Um, I in, highly encourage you to um, read some of the books that Jesse put out there. Read as much literature as you can. Educate yourself and listen with compassion. We, uh, in radio, we call it active listening. It's one of the things that our consultants teach us to do because human beings are so used to thinking about what they're going to say next rather than absorbing the information that's being presented to them. So, um, you know, on this show, we often talk over each other, but I still pretty much hear everything everybody says, right? We're just very fast. In your life, 
I'm going to ask you to, with an open heart, listen and not react. Just listen and then think about and brood on. And I don't know about you, but I do my best thinking in the shower. So oftentimes these things go in my head in the shower. It's either show ideas or it's this stuff, the deepest, darkest things. And wherever it is you go to think about things and meditate on things, this is one that's worth it. And it's worth it again and again and again. And you're not going to solve all the problems in one day. Um, but this is a problem that we must face in our time. It is not going away. So let's go and let's face it. Let's attack it. And let's create an environment where people are just treated the same. Is that hard? Shouldn't be. It is, though. It is. <laughs> the thing. It is. Yeah. yeah. It listen, is. listen twice, listen three times, listen four times. There's a crazy amount of misinformation out there. Make sure you get it right. And feel free to call out your parents for sharing memes on Facebook that are factually incorrect. That's the other part of this, okay? Uh, I get some, uh, I, 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 my parents are actually pretty great um, for that stuff. Uh, very progressive people. One has a TV show where she calls out people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her segment's called <laughs> Fuck You. No, I, I, yeah. uh, Fuck You with MD. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I've had to call out my mom about her TV show. Yeah. <laughs> but It's exhausting. It's there exhausting. are members of my family that do not share my attitude. And I have no problem telling them that it's an issue. And I don't care how awkward it is. We've talked about, we talked about this years ago. If, it's, if someone says something and it makes you uncomfortable, tell them that it made you uncomfortable and tell them why. And tell them why that sort of attitude isn't even okay to joke about anymore. Well, and, and these groups though are so sneaky. They're mm -hmm. so they're so sneaky because what they they love exploiting the troops. They love exploiting the military, and they'll do something like about World War II, for example. And hey, don't you support the troops or whatever? And you know your parents or aunts or whatever will retweet it and go, "Yes, of course I do." But there's a little there's a little stink on the post, and you're like, "What is that?" And then you click it, and you're like, "Whoa, no, 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 no!" Like this is one post that they use to suck you in and the rest of it is crazy racist anti-immigrant stuff yes so you got to really pay attention to where people are getting their information yeah. and remember yeah. older people are not as good at facebook as you are right. and no. don't think and don't think uh speaking out online can enact change because we saw an election in 2016 affected by facebook and the things that were going on there so just and everything matters especially mm -hmm. on platforms where people take those things, they, those memes, and they, they read them and they take them as gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are we going to do a press conference today or do we wrap it here? I think we wrap. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be back Wednesday. Um, uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, allowing me to spend uh, my Sunday with my daughter. Uh, it was her first birthday yesterday. So um, big moment for us. And I uh, really, really appreciate it. And we will be back in 48 hours um, until then, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of each other, and listen. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam 
W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.